welcome to Coping with Ghosting, the podcast that provides hope, healing, and understanding for anyone who has been ghosted. I'm your host, Greta, and if you're dating or concerned about being ghosted in a romantic relationship, this episode is for you. Today, my guest is Lauren Josephine, a relationships author who just published her new book, Looking for Something Serious, Stories, Laughs, and Lessons from a Decade of Online Dating. Lauren wrote this book because she went on over 200 dates in her 20s and 30s and felt called to normalize all the dating struggles that people experience today. I discovered Lauren's work on Instagram when I read a comment she wrote that said, somebody who ghosts isn't mature enough to date anyone. I immediately followed her account at Looking for Something Serious, which shares helpful and optimistic dating advice. Lauren, welcome to Coping with Ghosting. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, likewise, I was immediately drawn to your account just from the title itself. I was like, this is something that needs to be talked about more. Yeah. I would love to hear all about your experiences with being ghosted while you were dating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think it just comes with the territory of dating in general to be ghosted. And especially, I mean, going on over 200 dates, like it's just statistics. (laughs) I was ghosted many different times and I certainly didn't handle it very well back then. I definitely really struggled with making it mean something about me. And I remember there was one particular ghosting experience that just broke me in half. I had this first date that was I left it being like, that was the best first date I've ever had. That could be my husband. And it was just that excitement that I had. And we actually did have a second date. And the very next day I went over to his house and there were definitely signs that he wasn't looking for anything serious that I just breezed right over because we had chemistry, but he was leaving for a few weeks after the date. And he was like, yeah, you know, we'll talk when you get back. And so of course I left the date being on cloud nine. And then That was the last time I ever heard from him. And I was just so shocked that I could have that level of chemistry with someone, have such a good first date, and I guess like a pretty good second date, and then just be totally ghosted. And I remember just ruminating over it for months. I went on two dates with this guy, and I ruminated and overanalyzed and was just so upset, crying, because I couldn't figure out what it was about me that made him ghost, right? And so I think that was kind of one of my major experiences and turning points where I was like, okay, I need to start thinking about why I'm making it mean something about me and like why my insecurities are coming up so much by having this person that I barely know ghost me. So yeah, it's definitely a challenging experience, I think, for anyone. And especially if you have any sort of wounding around being abandoned or, you know, you have insecurities that come up, like ghosting is the thing that will just bring that all to the forefront. I'm really grateful that you shared this with our listeners because so many people say, oh, it was just one or two dates. You know, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal, right? Or even if you didn't meet this person in real life and you had an online relationship with them, it can still be one of the hardest things that you can go through in terms of relationships. And I wonder, looking back, how would you handle being ghosted in that situation if it happened to you today? Yeah, great question. 
So I think if ghosting were to happen to me today, I would still have an emotional reaction because being ghosted is just such an upsetting thing to happen to any human, you know, just being left wondering without answers, especially when it was something or someone that you were excited about. So I would probably feel upset, frustrated, confused, but the main difference is that I wouldn't turn it around and make it about anything wrong with me. I would look at it and I would say, okay, this person doesn't have the capacity or the maturity or whatever it is to communicate the reason that they're no longer interested. So they took the easy way out or whatever you want to call it, and they ghosted. And that just speaks completely to their immaturity or, you know, whatever it may be. So. I think it would help me move through it faster. You know, I might be upset for a couple of days. I would process my emotions, but then I would let it go because I would say, hey, anyone that's ghosting me is just immediately not compatible with me because I want a partner that's a good communicator, that has accountability, that's emotionally mature. So it would be almost an immediate deal breaker and just a reason for me to immediately get over them. That's a great attitude. And it's definitely easier said than done. But I think a lot of this has to do with building confidence. And it sounds like back in the day, you didn't maybe have the same amount of confidence that you do today. Absolutely. Yes. I think that back in the day when I was ghosted, my self-worth was lower and my confidence was lower. So it was kind of easier for someone's ghosting to really unseat me and make me question everything about myself versus today when it happens I can easily say hey I know myself I know what I offer I know that I have high self-worth so it's just not as upsetting now because of like you said because I have more confidence do you think that if it happened to you again this is exact same situation would you reach out to the person who ghosted you definitely not I think that is one thing that I learned is that it is already an immediate deal breaker for me. So wanting to chase after them, someone who ghosted me is just not something that I'd be interested in anymore because it's the act of ghosting already tells me everything I need to know, which is that this person isn't emotionally mature enough to date me anyway. So I would kind of just say, okay, cool. You ghosted, like definitely not interested now. It's the ultimate red flag. You've had quite a few dates. (laughs) You've had a ton of dates. (laughs) What insights do you have about ghosts and being ghosted while dating? After all of those dates and a lot of self-reflection, a lot of mistakes, I've landed on feeling like ghosting is a behavior that is 100% reflective of the ghoster and means nothing about the ghosty. I sort of touched on this before, but if someone ghosts, it usually means that they're uncomfortable with confrontation or otherwise emotionally immature. So outside of like abusive situations where someone is fearing for their life and blocks someone or whatever, um, I don't count that as ghosting. Outside of that, I really don't think that there's an excuse for ghosting. In dating, you know, we're all adults and the least we can do for each other is have a little bit of accountability and let someone know that you're no longer interested or whatever it may be, rather than leaving them hanging. So if someone is ghosting, I really don't think they have the emotional maturity to be dating because their behavior is just going to continuously poison the dating pool. Ooh, their behavior is going to continuously poison the dating pool. Well said. 
what are some red flags in dating that can potentially lead to ghosting? As an overanalyzer, I definitely have a lot of a lot of signs that I've learned to look out for. So I'll just start going through them. One very hard lesson for me, and I think one major warning sign of someone who might ghost is someone who really rushes into things. So this is the type of person who's immediately obsessed with you. They're giving you a lot of compliments and attention. They might even want to like delete the apps and label things with you way too early. They're the types that come in super hot, but these also tend to be the type that ghosts because they're really chasing the high of getting your attention. But once they have you, they don't actually want a relationship and they're not mature enough to be able to say that. So once the high kind of wears off, then they're like, "Eh, you can't do anything for me anymore. And they ghost. Obviously, this is not like everyone who comes in hot does this, but I, I noticed in my collecting data by going on over 200 dates, these definitely were the situations that where people ghosted me is when they came in super hot like that. Hmm. Yeah. Love bombing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the next one I was going to touch on just in general, like love bombing type of behavior is a warning sign for ghosting. I've learned that if someone feels too good to be true, they probably are. So I sort of touched on this, but I was ghosted by multiple guys who were supposedly super into me before even meeting me. And then we'd be even in the middle of setting up a date and then they'd block me or unmatch me or whatever it may be. And I was like, what? Like you were so obsessed with me five minutes ago and now you ghosted me. But looking back that over the top love bombing type of behavior tended to be correlated with ghosting for a similar reason. You know, someone that love bombs is chasing a feeling and you're the flavor of the week. And so they have zero accountability or interest in actually dating you. So they're a high ghost risk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And listeners, I just want to share that if you want to hear more about love bombing, I just went over it with my recent Coping with Ghosting podcast guest, Sterling Mosley, PhD, in an episode called Ghosting and Narcissism. All right, let's continue talking about all these red flags. So what are some other red flags to look out for? Another one is someone who is newly single and is showing you a lot of vulnerability and being really emotionally open with you and maybe even bordering on emotionally dumping on you. So at first you might say, oh, wow, like they're being so open. They're sharing their past with me. But what's more likely is that they're looking for an emotional dumping ground because they're not over their ex. So they're kind of trying to fill their ex-sized hole with you. But then after they've been overly vulnerable with you, they might have a vulnerability hangover later. And that's a really uncomfortable feeling. So instead of coming back to you and kind of letting you know, maybe I'm not ready to date or whatever other is the honest answer, they decide that ghosting is easier. So they just ghost you all together and leave. That definitely happened to me a few times as well. (laughs) Ouch. That's always really hard because you feel like, oh, well, I guess maybe they're kind of over their ex or like they're talking about it, they're processing it, but then actually that's a big red flag. Exactly. Yeah. I I used to be really attracted to that when uh, someone could be really open with me about their past and talking about their ex. But then with enough experience, I was like, this just means you're not ready to date actually. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's keep on going. I know there's more. (laughs) Similar kind of same vein to the newly single thing is just people who overshare. People who overshare to you early on are unlikely to have 
good boundaries. And so they overshare, they maybe tell you too much. And again, they might feel uncomfortable afterwards or a vulnerability hangover. So again, they decide to ghost instead of just being honest with you about that they overshared and made themselves uncomfortable. Mm, Yeah, that's really tough. (laughs) It is helpful to kind of turn the other cheek and look at the person who's ghosting and have some compassion for them because although ghosting sucks and we get so hurt and angry by people who ghost us, ultimately deep down they are hurting too. And I'm sure that they wish that they had the skills to be able to communicate that, but they don't. And so it's helpful to kind of look at them in a lens of not anger sometimes and compassion instead of being like, they weren't taught the skills. They don't feel comfortable with this. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. I definitely didn't have all this compassion like when I was ghosted. I think it's really hard to feel it in the moment because all you feel is hurt and angry, but it helps afterwards if you can sort of think about it that way. Hurt people hurt people. It's not about you. It's about them. Exactly. All right. What are some more red flags? Yes. So another one that can lead to ghosting is someone being really inconsistent. So maybe they disappear for a few days They don't reply consistently and then they'll come back and they'll pretend like nothing happened. I call this kind of priming for ghosting Mm. because their inconsistent behavior shows that they're either not emotionally available, not ready for commitment. Maybe they're not even single or they're just not a considerate person. So they're responding whenever is convenient for them to keep you on the hook. But eventually they just decide it's not worth the effort. And then they just ghost because again, easy way out. I feel like that includes frequent cancellations. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. So another thing to watch out for, another potential red flag is sometimes people actually tell you who they are. So they'll say things like, I don't really let people in, or sometimes I just disappear and don't pay attention to my phone, or I don't really have any close relationships or something like that. They'll kind of give you these little clues about who they are and they are kind of hinting that like in the future they might ghost but they are escaping accountability in a way by telling you because once they ghost they can say hey I told you I do that I told you I don't let people close I told you I disappear type of thing so that's another interesting one that I learned Mm, if they've ghosted other people uh uh-uh Dr. Natalie Jones came on my podcast and said, if somebody ghosts you, it's likely that they have ghosted 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. This is the way they move. That is so true. I think that's another thing to remember is like when you get ghosted, just a reminder to not take it personally is like, this is not the first time they've ghosted. It's not the last time they're going to ghost unless they really do their work on themselves to figure out why they're ghosting. Exactly. What do you think about the silent treatment? First of all, silent treatment used to really trigger me. So, I mean, I'm not a fan in that regard, but I also think that it's just emotionally immature. I think it, you know, kind of stonewalling someone is just not kind. It will make an anxious person go nuts. So I definitely am not a fan. And if someone is doing the silent treatment, I would hope that they either have a really good reason for it. They come back, they take accountability, but definitely a red flag in my opinion. Absolutely. A sign of a potential ghost for sure. I'd like to share another red flag of mine. It's feeling like you don't really know a person, even if you go on tons of dates with them, but you feel like there's a big shield around their heart. 
they're just emotionally unavailable. I think that's a big red flag. If you feel like, gosh, I've, I've spent all this time with this person, but I just don't, I don't really get them. I feel like there's something missing. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's such a good one. And I think it's kind of a more subtle one. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I think sometimes when someone keeps saying yes to dates with you and they're spending time with you, but then like you said, you get, you know, maybe a month or two months in and you're like, do I know anything about them? And have they asked me anything deep about me? I agree that it's underneath probably signaling that they're maybe emotionally unavailable. And those are the types of people that only dip their toe in with you, right? And it's kind of so that they don't need to get deep. And then they might be a ghost risk because they're not really attached to you. They're kind of like staying on the outside. Yeah. I know you wanted to share something about a red flag after a first date. So can you elaborate on that? First dates are so hard. The ghost risk after a first date is pretty high because you don't know each other very well. You don't really know them at all. So what they say on the date, it's hard to know if you can really trust them. So I think after a first date, some potential watchouts for being ghosted are if you mention wanting to see them again, and they say something like, let me check my schedule, or they just generally seem cagey around directly saying that they had a good time and they want to see you again. Something to watch out for. It's not a definite that they're going to ghost you, but it's just kind of might signal that they're not as interested as they seemed at the beginning. A lot of people on dates, on first dates especially, are really awkward about rejecting in person. I even have a hard time rejecting people in person. So they might kind of answer your questions and say, oh yeah, like I'd like to see you again. But then they don't actually feel that way. So when they get home, they might decide then to ghost you if they feel uncomfortable or reject you. So First dates are tough. As hard as it is, it's best to reserve your excitement and fantasizing about the person until after the first date, until you see what their follow-up behavior from the first date is. Because I can't tell you the amount of times I was burned by going on a first date that I thought was amazing. And then afterwards, the person just totally ghosted me. And I was like, wow, I guess you can't necessarily trust people at face value on a first date. And it's so human to get excited after a really good date. And that's like part of what makes dating so hard, but it is helpful to think about that this is really happening to everyone. Everyone gets excited, they have good dates, and then they get ghosted. So it's at least comforting in that regard that it's nothing personal. It's just the way dating is nowadays sometimes. Yeah. I also want to bring up the point that sometimes there are no red flags. You can be ghosted out of the blue. Yes. That is such a good point. That was really the perfect way to wrap this up is sometimes, especially if you're an overthinker, if you're anxious, if you overanalyze, you blame yourself for missing the signs. You know, you try to look back at the date and you're like, what did I say? What signs did I miss? And sometimes there truly are no signs. The person who ghosted you acted exactly the same as someone who's super into you. And it's not your fault that they decided to ghost. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Lauren, I've noticed a lot of women saying that they ghost men because when they tell them that they're not interested, they get a lot of backlash, like name calling. For example, I've been called an evil, wicked wretch. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this? I just want to acknowledge that that is something that 
happens. And so I understand that fear that women have, and, and that is very real. And at the same time, I do think it's a minority of guys that will react this way. Out of my 200 dates, I maybe had two that reacted poorly to me. It's an uncomfortable experience for sure. But in those moments, I just say block and delete. And then don't let the behavior of a few bad actors ruin your overall dating experience. And don't let their behavior poison how you act. You can still continue to be an accountable, kind dater to others and just sort of pay it forward. And just when they ghost you, just say, okay, I'm going to let that happen. I'm going to let them say something rude, but I'm not going to let it ruin how I treat other people. That's great advice. I would just like to add, if this person happens to know where you live and you feel threatened, I wouldn't block them because I would just keep a record in case they continue to reach out and maybe make any potential threats. You do want to keep that as a record for your own safety and don't hesitate to call the local authorities for assistance with this because your safety is number one. Absolutely. What suggestions do you have for people who want to stop dating altogether because of all of the ghosts? I hear you. I see you. It hurts being ghosted. And so I understand that desire to just want to quit and not get hurt anymore. But ghosting is not the majority of people. Most people don't ghost. Most people will follow up, say they're not interested, or they're not going to respond poorly when you reject them. Being ghosted doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. said that, but I want to keep saying it over and over. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. All it means is that you're putting yourself out there and you were the recipient of some crappy dating behavior. And you're allowed to be upset about this. You can take all the time you need to process the emotions from being ghosted. If it really hurt you, that is such a normal human feeling. And you can take time off dating to heal from it. I had to take time off being ghosted after two dates. It took me three months to heal from that. And that is totally okay. We sort of touched on this. But even if you barely know the person, even if it was after one date, that can uncover these wounds that really, really hurt. And it's not really about the person. And so let yourself feel, let yourself heal. And just remember that for every one person who ghosts, there are at least 10 people who won't ghost. So don't let that one immature person ruin your chances at love. Your future partner will thank you for this. I love what you just said. Is there anything else you'd like to share about dating with people who are healing after being ghosted? I just want to reiterate that like, please don't ever shame yourself or feel pathetic for having a big reaction to being ghosted because even being ghosted after one date can be such an incredibly emotionally jarring experience. It can stir up abandonment wounds, deep fears, and other uncomfortable feelings. So the best thing you can do for yourself to heal is just let those feelings exist and then notice what deep wound or what deep flawed belief is coming up when you're ghosted, because that's what needs your love and attention. For me, whenever I was ghosted, I made it about me being unattractive and not skinny enough. And of course, that was unlikely to be the truth, but that was my biggest insecurity. So I zeroed in on it. So I just want to say that whatever your story is about why you were being ghosted, know that it's very likely not the reason you were ghosted, but it is the hurting part of yourself that's calling for your love and attention. So focus your energy inwards on that instead of ruminating about why the person ghosted, because you're never going to know why. 
And it's about them anyway. It's not about you. So focus the energy back on yourself. That's really the best way to soothe and heal from being ghosted. Don't ghost yourself. Exactly. When you obsess over the ghoster, you're ghosting yourself because really you need to pay attention to yourself, the hurt that you're feeling, not about that person who ghosted you. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom. Yes, of course. How can listeners connect with you? The best way to connect with me is my Instagram. My account is called Looking for Something Serious, which is the same title as my book. You mentioned that I recently published my new book. It's linked on my profile. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, etc. And in it, I talk about my different experiences of being ghosted and all sorts of different dating issues that I ran into, cried a lot about, and then later realized that they happened to everyone. So I wanted to speak out about it. At this time while we're recording it, this book has just come out, but I cannot wait to read this book. I know that it's going to be really helpful as I continue to help people heal after they've been ghosted as well. So I'll put a link to the book in the show notes so everybody can grab their copy today. Thank you so much for being here and joining me. Thank you, Greta. This has been awesome. I'm so glad that we have this goal of helping people feel better and heal from ghosting. I really think it's one of the most important things out there and and people deserve to feel love and to heal from this. I really enjoyed interviewing Lauren. And I think it's important to remember that many of these red flags can be applied to the relationships you have outside of dating to friendships, work relationships, and even family relationships. My wish for you is that you are surrounded by healthy people who are loving and want the best for you and who are communicative and emotionally available and mature. I want you to have fulfilling relationships because your time is valuable. It's precious. It's a limited resource. So remember to be intentional in who you choose to spend your time with and choose people who are choosing you because breadcrumbs are unsustainable and you deserve the whole bakery. And if you happen to be looking for new people to surround yourself with, I suggest you listen to my episode, How to Build a Support Network After Being Ghosted. And I also want to just quickly touch on the holidays. If you're listening in the now in the holiday season of 2023, you know that these can be a pretty stressful time, but they can be harder and more challenging for us who have been ghosted. Many of my clients have ghosts who have either vanished or popped back up on major holidays and birthdays. So if this is you, you're not alone. Here are some holiday survival tips. Don't believe all your thoughts. Our minds have a way of playing tricks on us, and it's unhelpful to believe assumptions, stories, and limiting beliefs. Not all of your thoughts are facts. You don't have to share your ghost story with everyone. So if your annoying Aunt Susie is asking you, what happened to your ghost? You can just say, oh, it wasn't the right fit. Thanks for asking. If she asks for more details, you could always just say it's personal. You don't owe anybody an explanation about your ghost. It's none of their business. Only share 
this information with people who you feel are really supportive, who won't just say, oh, just get over it and push it to the side. Okay. So be intentional about who you are sharing your ghost story with. You can be grateful and feel sad at the same time. So your holiday experience might bring out some joy and it might bring out some grief. Honor the wide range of feelings that you are having in the moment. I am sending you so much peace this holiday season from Massachusetts, where it's pretty cold outside, actually. A side story. The days here are getting shorter. I've been experiencing some fatigue And I just wanted to share about something I discovered that really kind of changed that around. I searched for healthy ways to keep my energy levels really steady throughout the day. And I'm really into healthy living. So during my research, I found this great company called Magic Mind, which has a matcha drink that increases my mental energy and focus, which is essential for what I do. It's a magical shot of good for you energy. And it keeps me alert for long periods of time. It comes in this little bottle. I can take it with me anywhere that I need an infusion of energy. I'm a tea person. (laughs) I'm not a coffee person at all because it makes me jittery. But this one, this one's really good. It's like filled with matcha, which is nature's extended release caffeine. And it takes a lot longer to release and it helps reduce stress. And it also has lion's mane mushrooms. Those are the fluffy ones, which is a nootropic and adaptogen. And that reduces anxiety and inflammation while supporting cognition by preventing neural degeneration and stimulating neural regeneration. So after drinking this for three days straight, I noticed a really big boost in my creativity If you're like me and want to find a way to increase your focus and energy, I recommend you try it. You can get it at magicmind.com slash ghosting. Yes, I have a promo code for you. So you can use the promo code ghosting20. That's all caps, G-H-O-S-T-I-N-G, two zero, all one word. And you'll get 25 percent off your one-time purchase. Or if you order in the next 10 days, you can also get up to 56% off your first subscription. Again, that's ghosting 20 for 56% off. And it works. If you're already a subscriber, you can save on your next subscription payment. I also appreciate this company because they have a money back guarantee with no questions asked. So if you don't like it, they refund you in three to four hours. So Again, if you're having trouble being at 100% some days, which I mean, who isn't after being ghosted, I encourage you to try it out. Magicmind.com slash ghosting with discount code ghosting20 for up to 56% off the subscription. And the best value on the site is the 30 pack. I'm wishing you all a joyous and healthy holiday season. And as always, listeners, be sure to remember when you are ghosted, you have more time to connect with yourself and people who have stellar communication skills. You deserve the best. You just deserve-